0: You're listening to Curated Consciously, your all in one platform for navigating and nurturing your conscious living journey. Why? Because diving into environmental justice comes with heartache and a lot of damn work. We gotta do it, but as a community, we can make the load a little lighter. Every week, we're bringing you stories, insight, and wisdom. From a diverse community of leaders, activists, and influencers, helping you live a more holistic lifestyle that connects your health, wellness, and love for Mama Earth. This podcast is sponsored by Cause Artists, the world's number one platform for social impact and innovation stories around the world. If you're looking to get inspired, hit us up at causeartists.com. And of course, I'm your host, Jasmine Ray, curator-in-chief at Curated Consciously and Social Entrepreneur. You can connect with me and our community on Instagram at curatedconsciously. Now roll your shoulders back, get comfy, put the coffee on. It is time to deep dive into some thought-evoking conversation curated consciously. Tamana, give us an overview
1: of the cycle of the secondhand clothing industry in India. What does it look like? So they come from the West generally. All the second hand discarded items are exported to the country and they come from the U.S., the U.K., and Europe. And then the vendors buy them as per kilograms. So it's sold by the weight. And it's more like a bid, you know, because they never know what's inside it. They don't know how good it is, how bad it is. So it's always like a bet. Uh, After that, they are distributed to different vendors, uh, sub-vendors, I would say, in the flea markets. And later on, they are purchased by individuals for their own use or they're purchased by business owners who have small shops around the corners or um, say thrift store owners like us who are always hunting for vintage items and rare finds and thrift finds like that. And then we they're distributed to in the population. Yeah, that's how it works. So there's an, also another case of secondhand clothing in India, uh, which is more into the culture, I would say. And uh, it's like how... Uh, the clothes are uh, handed down to the relatives, to the cousins, you know, smaller siblings, younger siblings and everyone. So that's how it's it's more like in the culture. So it was always there.
0: So at what point did, you know, secondhand vendors and like seeing more secondhand clothing available in markets, thrift stores, et cetera, when did this become more of of a popular thing? Because secondhand and, you know, hand-me-down, that kind of concept has always been so deeply rooted in Indian culture. I'm curious to, at what point... Did people start, you know, seeking outside of kind of their uh, their family or, like, intimate community for accessing secondhand clothing? Right.
1: So I think the whole revolution of secondhand clothing started to get a rise in India is because of the uh, whole woke audience. And uh, the whole idea around the sustainable fashion and the whole idea around the sustainable living has started to get a limelight in, in the country since a couple of years now. And uh, that's how people have started to look for alternatives to fast fashion and because not everyone can afford sustainable fashion uh, brands because they're so expensive because of the making and everything. So it just adds on to the cost. And so they're looking for new alternatives, uh, say like swapping and they organize swaps with their friends and family. There are a lot of organizations that I know who organize swaps for others uh, and they just charge like a minimal fee for that, like an entry fee. And uh, then there are a lot of applications also. uh, Applications and there are a lot of websites who help you just put your things on the website and then you can just sell it. And in exchange, you can buy something else from them. So it's a very nice idea. And uh, this is how the whole secondhand fashion industry got a a lift. Um, And especially during the lockdown and the whole COVID scenario, um, the limelight was thrown upon the important and all the crucial issues uh, around sustainability, around environmental crisis and everything. And of course this whole fashion industries, uh, it generates a lot of waste, right? So it's one of the most polluting industries and people just want to look for better alternatives. And so here we are, we, we're just seeing this rise in India. And, and uh, you know, I know I understand that um, thrifting came to India really, really late. And it's like a very common scenario in US and the West, but it's just, it's like a new idea over here. And uh, I also know that a lot of thrift shows just started say about four or five years, like the the ones who was the first ones to start. So it's a very new idea. And, um, but yes, I think as a country, we make our own national trends. And when we decide to get on board with the trend, like the whole TikTok trend went just viral and everybody started making videos. Up, right? So we as a country, we just don't follow international trends as much as others do, but I think we just make our national trends on our own and we just decide to take something. When we decide to take something on board, we just do it like a lot. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I hear, I'm hearing a few things there. So One, you know, this rise in secondhand um, shopping has come from, you know, a younger, you know, the millennial kind of generation becoming a lot more aware of the different environmental issues and sustainability becoming more of a trend. And then I'm also hearing here a few different things. So one, I've actually never heard anyone say that they didn't think India followed very Western um, trends. Uh, Because I I mean, as a Westerner, it's easy for me to kind of relate really easily to those things. But I think, you know, being, you know, being from the country and, you know, observing that uh, individually, I think is a whole other story and I'd love to actually dive deeper into that. But also what I'm hearing there is this beautiful community aspect where, you know, people are a lot more open to kind of, you know, understanding what's happening and how they can, you know, play a role in uh, basic, in, in just basic environmental issues, whether it's, you know, as simple as their consumption habits to, um, you know, I'm sure X, Y, Z things since COVID, since I totally agree, it's been so beautiful to watch people just really take the intentional time to understand. Like this was a needed pause for us to really understand these systemic issues that need to be need to be challenged. And you know, in terms of that COVID thing and and the whole COVID you know pandemic thing that we're dealing with currently and still uh, for a while, you know, I'd love to actually just flip flip the script for a second. And you know, as someone who's observed this uh, kind of revolution throughout COVID. And, you know, someone who, from my understanding, you actually started curating by fi- curated findings in January this year. Am I correct? Right. Right. So, so what has that experience been like as someone in the secondhand industry? What has the process looked like for you as someone who came online in January? I know that, uh, you know, there was still a few, you know, I've seen a few articles um, come up online around different, like, uh, Thrift, thrift shops on um, Instagram and, and such. But, you know, starting in January and then going into this crazy pandemic where everyone was on Instagram, you know, wanting to shop, you know, wanting to still indulge, but wanting to do it consciously and then being able to do it across all of these incredible Instagram thrift shops, you know, what does that look like for you? And I guess what's been kind of a, a big part
1: of your success
0: in, in growing?
1: Right. So I think the demand and uh, the demand is obviously increased. The people, people aren't now more open towards buying from a thrift store, buying a secondhand clothing piece. It's just, and it just makes me so happy to see that, you know, it's just a great shift and I'm just so glad that we are moving in the right direction. Also, I would say that people are just tired of buying from the same brands like H&M, Zara, Forever 21, etc. Yeah, for sure. Just looking to yeah. reinvent the closet with, rare thrift wines, I would say, and um, consisting of international labels and brands who are not retailing in India currently. So also during the lockdown and the pandemic, so people are now aware about the crisis, uh, the whole crisis that, that revolves around the fashion industry. And uh, I know a lot of thrift stores who started in during the lockdown, and they started because they wanted to clear out their own closets because everyone just has so much of clothing that you just keep on seeing each season, but you will never really wear it. So this is how it all started. Um, that's like a mutual start baseline for everybody. And then they saw a shift and they saw a positive response and they're happy about it. And now we're all just growing and we're just finding uh, actual thrift clothing from flea markets, from... Um, Friends from relatives. We're just looking for second-hand items, and we're just selling that. So yeah. it's great.
0: I'm curious. Do you find that a lot of the items you do come across were originally made like in India, in Bangladesh, in Sri Lanka, and have kind of come full circle?
1: Yes, absolutely. So um, it's it's been like a full circle. Yes, there are a lot of second-hand items that we've come across in the flea markets, and there are a lot of export surpluses that we come across in the flea market. Also, so these export surpluses are like pieces who have been re- which have been rejected because of minor flaws, and honestly, you and I will not be even able, able to identify those flaws because if they're that minor. There might be like a measurement mistake, there might be like a construction mistake, and it just comes out and becomes a new whole new design. So you and I will not be able to identify that, and we won't be able to identify if that item is a secondhand item or it is it a an export surplus. Because even the secondhand items which are discarded, they're discarded in such a good condition, right? And you can't just uh, look at it, and at first you won't be able to think of it as a secondhand item, as something which was pre-owned by someone else.
0: Mm, yeah, it's it's fascinating this whole cycle and just how global it is. So I've recently mm-hmm. been reading "Secondhand uh, Travels in the New Global Garbage Sale" by Adam Minter, and it really dives into the. The good, the bad, the ugly of the secondhand industry. And it really got me thinking about this idea of also, you know, there's still quite a large community um, that are accessing secondhand goods that aren't necessarily in it for the sustainable aspects. And, you know, and and you know, sustainability, we got a long way to go. And you know, it, it takes kind of all of us doing a little something to get there. But you know, I'm curious. In terms of, you know, the secondhand kind of revolution, kind of taking over, um, you know, mainstream consumerism, do you see kind of the negative parts in and of how it can maybe like affect struggling artisans and designers and makers especially during this time uh you know since covid we've had so much um, unemployment happen across the country especially for makers and you know they're already struggling because fast fashion is is such a mega money maker across the country and i'm curious you know where could we find a balance to support sustainability by you know, really leveraging the secondhand market versus still ensuring that you know, traditional artisans and makers are still
1: uh, supported in their work and in the art that they're creating? Right. So, you know, I would like to start with the fact that um, I am a part of the uh, fashion industry and I've been a part of the fashion industry since quite a while now. And I would like to mention that the artisans are already struggling, right? So there's, there's no ethical business that's happening around in the country and, and around the globe, in fact. So they've been struggling since a long time and they're not paid fairly, even by the fast fashion companies, even by brands and designers and small designers who, who look like they're sustainable but are not sustainable. So they're already struggling. And I feel that the fashion industry is based on this whole concept of less because there's a lot of there's a lot of supply of labors there's a lot of supply of tailors there's a lot of supply of women who want to work in the in the industry and it just leads to a lot of manipulation so they're already struggling because they're not paid fairly for example a tailor i would say earns about say four dollars a day which is approximately 300 rupees a day and a thread cutter or a person who hems the skirt and the dresses or washes or irons, who, who is a part of the finishing department, only gets paid about $80 to $120 a month, which is like approximately 6,000 to 9,000 rupees a month. So they're already struggling. Um, also it is, and this amount of money is not enough for them to survive. It's not enough for them to sustain their families. And they put in eight plus hours of work each day, but they're not paid fairly, and it's it's just wrong as an industry because we have, we are okay with it, right? I would say that we're not doing enough. Yes, we have all those minimum wage laws in the country. We have all the minimum wage laws internationally, but who is the one who is actually auditing all these things? There's no one. Yes, I understand that there are risks, and there's a shift because one person who opts to buy from a thrift store or a secondhand store decides to not buy from a fashion, fast fashion brand or or a designer label. And uh, it's like one person's loss is another person's gain. Yeah. and uh, But I also feel that it is important for us as secondhand and thrift store owners and uh, curators to ensure that we have a very ethical environment. So whenever we decide to expand the team, whenever we decide to employ someone in the packaging department, in the logistics department, in the... Uh, in the curation department, we should just, as a, as a community, we should make sure that we are paying them fairly. So, yes, there's a shift. And um, I think the right way to go about it is to collaborate. So internationally, a lot of thrift stores collaborate with a lot of brands, with a lot of designers, for example. Up has a lot of collaborations with brands like uh, Reformation and Target, where they encourage the customers of Target and Reformation to come back and sell what their pre-owned items. And in return, they get a voucher of their favorite stores. So I think that's great. And it's like a win-win situation, you know? So So um, also on the second point, I would say that designers and brands can collaborate with thrift stores uh, to sell their dead stock, old dead stock. But obviously that, again, that does not mean that you can sell your, I don't know, a uh, hundred thousand worth of inventory to the thrift store and depend on them to sell out your dead stock. It has to be like collaboration, right? And um, that—that's what I feel that the way is to go about it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So what I'm hearing is that artisans and makers and you know these incredible craftsmen have. Uh, just been struggling basically since the rise of like, the industri- well, since the industrial revolution and like, you know, introducing power looms and all of these, you know, innovations to help make fashion more accessible. But it has also uh, taken away a lot of opportunity to um, the people behind uh, the, the clothing that Um, are getting, they're being paid less. You know, people are not buying as much because they're able to access more affordable clothing. But there is this opportunity now within the secondhand market where, uh, you know, people are a lot more open to uh, collaboration. They want to take on being, you know, responsible, being accountable for ensuring that, you know, their community is supported and really kind of creating more of a community aspect to the entire kind of revolution of secondhand. Is that what I'm hearing? Right, right. Oh, that's really beautiful. And, you know, something that I've, I just, I'm so grateful for is whenever I speak to incredible humans like yourself who are in the fashion industry, bringing this more sustainable approach, whether they're, you know, creating from, you know, they're upcycling um, or they're, you know, working in second hand, the, this, the sense of community and wanting to support others in the space and actually working towards a goal and not just, you know, the idea of making a customer happy. It's like, it's personally curating unique options that also support, you know, different social, environmental, and economic issues. And, you know, there's, there's not so many industries that, you know, people are so open to collaborating um, within that space. And I just find that ethical, you know, fashion entrepreneurs just really seem to be there. So thank you for what you're doing because it's 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 what we need right now in the industry, 100%. Absolutely.
1: I think it's, it's our absolute responsibility to go ahead and make a change and help everyone do that. Mm,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know, especially you know, because you have to think of yourself as well, like as someone who's primarily using Instagram, I know you're moving over to building out your website shortly, and uh, that'll be available on uh, curatedconsciously.co for all of our listeners as soon as it's ready. Um, But, you know, you're growing on Instagram, you have quite a following, you also curate incredible things. Like I actually was wearing the blouse yesterday that I got from you. (laughs) And, you know, I... I'm curious, you know, in terms of your influence because you know Instagram is this great place to spread awareness and 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 really bring community together to kind of understand a goal and work towards it. You know, how have people interacted with you and you know is there any fun little cute stories that you could share with us in regards to your experiences or you know your Instagram customers?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. So we have this uh, little project which we call the ReLove Project, where we engage with our audience and we encourage them to sell their second-hand clothing with us uh, at our platform. So we put up whenever there's an there's a query, we send them all the details, and then they uh, get in touch with us. They send us images of the pieces that they want to sell, and um, we we help them sell that. So we have the whole Real love Project collaborations and we put it up on our stories and we tell people the sizing, the price and uh, the flaws, if it has any. So it's it's like a very engaging community and people are open to buying it. People are absolutely okay with the fact that it's secondhand or that it's it was pre-owned. And it just really makes me happy to realize this because five years back, I don't think anyone was open to doing it. And honestly, I don't think it was considered cool doing it because the the whole idea of people has changed. So it just makes me really happy that people are open to buying and open to selling secondhand clothing and they just want to wear something. And it does not matter whom it's coming from or or if it was pre-owned and and the fact that it's not brand new. So um, through this Relove project, we just help people to sell their excess clothing, to sell their excess fashion items or accessories and i think that's one of the main um one of the main one of the best things about curated findings 100... it just makes me really happy personally
0: yeah 100% it's it's inspiring and i think you know something that's really great that you're able to capture with that is you know people who might not even totally be you know fully sustainable um, and you know haven't really thought more about how to be conscious in, in you know their buying habits know they could still come across your platform and be like oh well like this is a great way for me to like you know get rid of some stuff you know and it could be of value to somebody else and i think you know just embedding that kind of small this this idea of like you don't have to throw it out it can be reused um can spark can spark so much in individuals who haven't really thought more about their conscious living journey um, so I think that's really, really powerful. And um yeah, i I think I actually hosted a, a clothing swap like two years ago with um because I, I used to work a lot with Doodledge in Delhi. They're they're um uh, the, the, uh, owners are good friends of mine and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, it was so great watching like even two years ago and like, you know, the, it was, it was happening, you know, thrifting was a conversation, especially among like, you know, kind of like the hipster, young millennial, like Bombay, cool guys, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. And uh, to watch all of these just, like, really diverse people come through this clothing swap in the middle of Delhi on, like, a Saturday afternoon uh, was so inspiring. And people just being so open, you know, having people connecting again to their clothing and, like, having the story, you know, people would meet in the middle of the swap and be like, oh, that's mine, oh, that's mine. And then, you know, a little story gets built out of that clothing item, and you have something that's actually memorable to walk away with. And I think that's a huge, huge... uh, um, you know, storytelling and like really powerful angle of, um, you know, the secondhand kind of uh, cycle because, you know, you always kind of remember exactly where you found that like golden gem because, you know, as someone who's from Toronto originally, you know, thrift shops at home are these like massive, massive warehouses of basically stuff that like, if it if it doesn't get chosen, it basically either one, goes to the dump or two, it gets basically, uh, you know, often actually sent back to countries like India where it gets spun into, like, yarn. Um, But...
1: Recycled.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I remember going through thrift shops a couple of years ago, and, you know, it it was really such a journey. Like, you had to go in there for hours to really find something that you could walk away and love. And, you know, now, you know, I haven't been home in a few years, but in terms of even just secondhand markets in India, I uh, love the things that I come across because even with, like, you know, even if there's a small nick or there's, like, a button missing or something, it's got this, like, unique character that no one else has. you know, no one else has that unique item that you are, you now have your hands on. And, you know, if we were able to bring that storytelling aspect back to the way that we consume, to all of the items that we own and and start building deeper connections um, with these items, instead of just consuming, consuming and throwing, um, it would make such a difference in in the fashion industry. And I think it is. It's just that we need a lot more people kind of understanding the the power of of this cycle of fashion and wanting to be part of that movement. So that's just a little Jasmine rant, but I just get excited talking about, (laughs) um, you know, environmental topics, (laughs) like secondhand. So, um, Honestly, Tamina, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure to uh, like hear your story, really get to understand more about the cycle of fashion in India, and um, you know, hear your experiences. Is there anything um, that you'd like to share about what's next for curated findings, or like when the website will be live for our audience to access?
1: So we're expecting the website to be live by next month, and we'll also have the whole relove uh, aspect over there. So we'll have a tab for relove where people can just. Uh, send us the items we want to upload and we can just have them over on the website and then people can just browse through it. So for rare finds we try to collaborate with different manufacturers and small scale businesses who have something very rare and uh, we put it on our platform and we sell them as rare finds. So these are not really thrifted items but these are like rare fi- finds which you cannot really find very easily and which are probably meant to be exported like good hum- homeware and um, or something like good pendants, et cetera. So this is what is upcoming and uh, we are also planning our winter drops really soon. So we are also planning a festive, a real love collaboration where we will approach our audience and we will ask them to get in touch with us and sell their festive clothing with us. Because, you know, when when we buy festive clothing in India, people are rarely, wanting to repeat those clothings because there are so such less occasions to wear all those festive and ethnic wear. So I think it's really good to get them back in the fashion cycle and get them uh, swapped and get them to someone else who actually wants to wear it all over again. So yes, this is what's coming up.
0: Inhale the goodness, exhale the bullshit. Thank you for listening and thank you for doing the work. Be sure to jump over to curatedconsciously.co for more stories, tips, and inspiration for nurturing your conscious living journey. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at curatedconsciously. Huge shout out to my incredible husband, profound sound for the original dope tracks. Hope you all enjoyed, are feeling a little lighter and are going into a beautiful and blessed day.